0: I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have the fellowship around your word. We thank you that it will bring life to us. It will be health to our flesh. And, Father, I pray that as I decrease now, the anointing of God that's already in this place is present and available to minister to each one of our lives. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word as it's being taught and lord i declare that we're going to leave this place in position to live the more than abundant life that jesus christ died for us to have in jesus name we pray and everybody say Amen. amen amen god bless you you may be seated I want you to turn quickly to Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 6 because the new series that I'm starting relates to Father's Day in a way. In Malachi chapter 4, verses 6, and if you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. It says, And he who represents God shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers. And that's why today is an appropriate day to kick the new series off that I'm starting. So if you're taking notes, you can write down the, the uh, matters of the heart. Matters of the, of the heart. Not only does it affect your relationship with God, and I'm talking about your heart, but it also determines the quality of life that you experience as a Christian when it comes to receiving the promises of God. And many times as Christians, we're not receiving or experiencing the promises of God in a way that we should. And when it doesn't happen, we tend to either blame God or we say, well, he really didn't want me to have that anyway. Which really, the reality of the situation could be that our hearts may be contaminated and it's hindering us from receiving God's best for our life. And so for the next few weeks, I'm going to be revealing to you the secret of experiencing God's best for your life by talking about the heart. And this is an area that I have never taught on. I went through uh, my sermons from 2005 of when we started the church all the way up to 2012, and I have never solely talked about the heart. And the surprising part of that for me was this. It's the most important component in your Christian experience. Amen. And so the goal is, is to show you how powerful your heart is and help you clean it up so that you're in position to receive the more than abundant life that Jesus died for us to have. So I want you to find two verses of scripture: find Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5, and then find 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. I'll say that again. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 and then 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 verses 21 now when you look up Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 this is what it says it says and you shall love the Lord your God with how much of your heart everybody say all. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. Here's verse 6. And these words which I command you this day shall be where, class? In your heart. Everybody say, in your heart. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about the heart. And there are three parts that I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to focus on one this morning. I'm going to first talk about... Your heart is where you conceive. And then my second lesson is going to be on your heart is where you believe. And then the third lesson is going to be your heart is where you receive. And so in the Old Testament, when, when you just read Deuteronomy, the word heart there, it actually means the inner man. Everybody say the inner man. It's your inner man. It's also your Will. And your will is where you decide and make decisions. I put it like this. Your will uh, is your want to. And then the heart also uh, is defined in the Old Testament is where your soul resides in. In other words, your soul, you can write this down, consists of your mind your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. Everybody say your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. That consists of your soul, and your soul is located inside of your heart. Now, when I looked up the word heart in the New Testament, it's pretty much the same definition, but what I discovered was the Greek word for the word heart in the New Testament is spelled K-A-R-D-I-A, which is pronounced cardia, which is where we get our English word cardiac from. When someone is said to have a cardiac arrest, what does that mean? It's something to do with their what? With their heart. And so the word cardia in the New Testament is actually defined as the center and the seat of spiritual life. It's the soul or the mind and the fountain or the seat of how you think, your passions, your appetite, your affections, and your desires. So as you can see, your heart is very, very important. And if I was the enemy, I would do my best to clog your heart up just like dirt does pipes. Because he knows that your heart determines your level of manifestation. Write down Psalm 14.1. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So when you see people or you talk to people, and they say, well, I don't believe in God. Just mentally take a note that they are a. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know he ain't talking about you. Because you here in church. Your heart is where your core beliefs are stored. Everybody say core beliefs. Now, your core beliefs are the things that you believe and you believe them because they affect what you do. In other words, the only reason you tell me your name is what it is is because you believe in your heart. That's what your name is. And so your core beliefs are located in your heart, and your core beliefs, listen to this part, are influenced from the outside, but they are believed on the inside. What what do I mean by that? What you believe as core beliefs in your life, they came from the outside, but you believe them on the inside. Let me give you four things that influence your core beliefs. The first one is your environment. That's what you see, what you hear. That's the sense realm. That's how you grew up. That's where you learn and you start to develop your core beliefs. And so some of us have to now go back and look at our core beliefs to see if our core belief matches what God's word says. Because, see, we may have experienced uh, growing up in a divorced home and we may have accepted as a core belief that divorce is okay. Amen. Amen. So our environment is one area that influences our core belief. Here's the second one, credible others. And those are just people that we deem credible. And that's why peer pressure is really real on young people. Because at that time in their life, they're trying to find their identity. And so sometimes they make people credible in their lives that shouldn't be. And then you have authority figures, and they influence the core beliefs that we have. Authority figures such as your parents, maybe your teachers, maybe your Bible, uh, you know, growing up, your Bible school teacher or something. Those are authority figures. And then here's the one to me, this number four, that influences your core belief, and it it can influence your core beliefs in a diabolical negative way, and that is life's experiences. Because what sometimes people do is we will look at what happened to us and now we will define our life and define our beliefs based on what happened to us versus based on what God's word says about us. Amen. And when you do that, you now says that I believe what I believe because of what happened to me and not what God's word says about me. Amen. Now, here's the thing. Your heart is where you conceive. It's where you're supposed to love God from. And every thought has an origin and every thought has an entry point. In other words, I'm going to show you today that your heart, the, the, the spiritual part of you, the invisible part of you, the inner man, he has been shaped by thoughts. And thoughts have an origin, and thoughts have an entry point. Now, the origin of thoughts come from either one or two places, either the devil or God. People think they make their own thoughts up. No, you don't, because... Even if you came up with your own thought, so to speak, if that thought is good, guess what? It derives from God because the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. But if the thought that you come up with to do something is negative, guess what? It comes or the origin of it is from the devil. So when you want to strangle somebody, just know that that's not God. Amen. I mean, some things you just have to grow out of. I mean, I've had to grow out of some things. You know, if I had to fast forward my life, you know, I was thinking about my Starbucks experience that happened, you know, six years ago. I've grown out of that. Praise the Lord. Amen. What has helped me grow out of that experience is now my face is on the billboard. So I can't afford to do what I did at Starbucks anymore. How many don't know about the Starbucks experience? Let me see your hand. Oh, quite a few of y'all. You know, years ago, everybody said years ago. You know, this is when I first started pastoring, you know, and 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 uh you know I was little when I was growing up, so you know, people kind of picked on me a little bit. So then when I got bigger, I'm like, you can't pick on me now. So you know, I used to go every morning to get some coffee at Starbucks. Every morning I'd go in there and get my coffee and I order the same thing, an extra uh, uh, caramel macchiato with extra, extra, extra caramel. They would charge me more for caramel. I'd pay for it, no problem. And I'd get my coffee. And before I left, I'd taste it to make sure it's good. If it did taste good, I'd ask them to put some more car- uh, caramel in there. I, I pay for it. So this particular morning, I didn't know that I was going to be uh, influenced with some negative thoughts. Because remember, thoughts have an origin. They come from the devil. Or they come from God. When you want to cuss your boss out, just know that that thought came from the devil. When you want to lie to your parents, just know that that thought came from the devil. Well, that morning I didn't know the devil was going to influence me. So, I get in line. I, you know, order the same thing. I get up there, taste it. It's not like I want it. I ask the guy politely, could you please give me some more caramel? And he says, no, you need to get back in line and pay for some more if you want some more. I was shocked. I started laughing. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. And I left my cup up there. One person go by, two person go by, three person go by. My, my, my coffin d- does not only not have any more caramel, it's getting cold. So I said, excuse me, sir, did you hear me ask for some more karma? Now I'm getting kind of irritated. Because, see, there's a process to irritation. (laughs) No, there's a process. Because, see, I I walked in there in the spirit. And then when he told me he couldn't give me no more karma, I jumped in the flesh. (laughs) So now I'm in the flesh because I'm irritated. I'm like, "Uh, could you please, did you hear me? He said, yeah, I heard you. Then he loud talking to me. You need to get back in line and pay for some more if you want some more. And I'm looking around like, what? So me and him started arguing. I pulled out my receipt and I showed him. I said, look, sir, I've already paid for extra karma. He said, I don't care. You need to get back in line. Oh, my God. Here's the process. Spirit, flesh, devil level. That's where I went. Quick, fast, inherit. It happened so fast, I didn't even know that it was happening. So when he saw that I was not going to give up until he gave me some more karma. He started pouring the karma in my cup and he did it because he was irritated and he did it like this. And I was fine until the karma went on the side of the cup. I mean, he didn't have Alzheimer's or nothing to make him shake to make that karma go on the side of the cup. So I'm like, he's giving me karma with attitude. And so the devil said, throw the coffee on the man. And before, see, people say, God is talking to you first. That's a lie. God doesn't already talk. He don't always come first. The devil came first that day. And before I knew it, I was telling Jesus to go to the car. (laughs) Jesus, you need to go to the car. No, Evan, I'm not going to the car. No, you need to go to the car. No, Evan, I'm not going. Jesus, go to the car. It's running. I'll be there in a minute. I don't need you to see what's going to happen. It was just happening just like this. And all of a sudden, I I, I just dashed the guy with the coffee. Douche! And it was like in slow motion. See, because some of y'all looking like, I can't believe that preacher did that. What did you do? I threw that coffee, and while I was throwing it, I realized what I was doing. It was flowing in the air. And I was like, Lord, I am a pastor. I have a billboard. Jesus help me. And then it hit the guy in the chest. Boosh! And he was shocked, And I was too. (laughs) And then, you know, because when you're in the flesh, see, because remember, I'm talking about how you think. See, your thinking influences your heart. My flesh was like, well, he got the coffee. Give him the cup. (laughs) Cluck right there. Now I did go back and apologize to the man. Even though he wouldn't come out and accept my apologies. But your heart is where you conceive. And every thought has an origin. And every thought has an entry point. The scripture says in Psalm 119, 11, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If the word has been hid in the heart, it had to get there some way. So how did it get there? And that's why how you think is so important because a thought conceived, write this down, becomes a thought believed. I'm going to say that again. A thought conceived is a thought believed and that's why you have to renew your mind because how you think determines how you believe. Your mind is designed to remind your heart of what to remember. And that's why it's so important to renew your mind. And this is how you renew your mind. You don't renew your mind by just remembering scripture. You you renew your mind by rehearsing scripture. Amen. And there's a difference between reminding and remembering. How many have devices where they remind you to do certain things throughout the day? Right. It's designed to remind you. But reminding and remembering are different. How many have been in a choir or in a play or in a uh, praise and worship or something where you had to learn some lines for something? Anybody? Well, the purpose of rehearsal is to, watch this now, remember what you need to read or sing. And when you rehearse, guess what it does? It puts in a permanent state what you need to keep in your heart. And here's the thing. Once a thought is lodged in the heart, it will either contaminate or stimulate. I'm going to say that again. Once a thought is lodged in your heart, it will either contaminate or stimulate. So if a godly thought gives you the desires of your heart, which is positive, then a negative thought from the enemy will give you the desires of your flesh. That's why you can't afford as a single person to just date anybody. Amen. Some of you all are dating the devil. He was not going to church before you met him. And now he's going to church because you met him. Let me tell you something. You marry him, he ain't going to go to church because he's only going for you. say, well, Pastor, I'm married to that person right now. What do I do? (laughs) Well, you just keep serving the Lord. That's what you're going to (laughs) do. Psalm 37.4 says, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the, the desires of your heart. Watch this now. Write this down. Contamination affects manifestation it only takes one drop of black paint to contaminate a can of white paint. Just one drop. And that's the enemy's job, is to try and contaminate our hearts because he's trying to control our manifestation level. And now we want to know why God is not giving us the desires of our heart. Is because our spiritual hearts are clogged. It needs some stences. Y'all know people who uh, have had to have heart surgery because their arteries were clogged up. And so what they do, they, they go and they go inside and they put some stences in there. Or, you know, if it's not too bad, they'll give you a pill that helps that help, you know, help break it down. Well, guess what? The spiritual stent that cleanses a contaminated heart is the word. And that's why the devil will keep you from hearing the word like any other thing in your life. That's why, listen, you, you just woke up, you refreshing everything, and, I, and the message is only 25 minutes and you... <laughs> Let me tell you what happened to me real quick. Let me tell you what happened to me. Everybody say years ago. Uh, one of the things that Take place in your heart is offense, and uh, I was a leader at a church years ago, and uh we were doing something for the pastor i can 't remember what it was i don 't know if it was pastor anniversary or birthday, whatever it was. We were trying to raise some money to bless the pastor and his wife and uh, the pastor got up on a Saturday we were having a leadership meeting, and he just kind of sternly. Got upset because the goal of what we were trying to reach wasn't there. And the leaders had not, you know, fulfilled what they pledged to do or whatever. And he went off. And while he's going off on that, I'm getting offended sitting in the seat. Because I'm like, what? We're doing this for you. What's your problem? So I got offended. And the longer you let offense Harbor in your heart, the the worse you will get. And I was letting it harbor. So that was on a Saturday, Sunday. I had to go to church. And I listened to him, but I didn't hear him. Because I'm sitting up there like some of y'all. I don't even know if I spoke to him that morning. I don't know. I probably did. I was like, praise the Lord, you doing all right? And I'm thinking, you knucklehead. Monday rolls around. I'm still upset. Tuesday rolled around and I am steaming like broccoli and then by the time Wednesday came I'm burnt like popcorn. You ever burnt popcorn in the microwave? It stinks up the whole house. We burnt up something so bad at the church office we had to throw the microwave away and that's how burnt I was. So he was going to run an error and he finally showed up at the office. I said, hey, can I go with you? He was like, yeah, that's fine. That's everything. So we got in the car. I said, I quit. He shocked like what? What happened? And I told him, I was like, look, you didn't have to go off. We try to do this for you. And you went off on them and, 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 and you don't know, but it's, we still have two weeks to fulfill our pleasure. And then finally he was like, I didn't know that you still had two weeks. And here it was. I got offended over nothing. And this is what I learned from that experience. You cannot let anybody or anything offend you that's going to block your heart because it blocks your manifestation. Can someone say amen to that? So this is how the process works real quick. I have five minutes to to tell you this part. This is how the process works. God's will for your life is conceived in your heart and then it's revealed by the Spirit. I'm going to say that again. God's will for your life is conceived in your heart. And then revealed by the Spirit. And that, that's why your heart is your most precious commodity. Listen. Listen. That's why the scripture says, guard your heart, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows through the issues of life. In other words, how you live is determined by the condition of your heart. And some people, I'm talking to some people right now that are are single, you're wondering why you haven't found Mr. or Mrs. Right. And it's because you still offended from the last relationship you were in. This is how you can know what's in your heart. By what comes out of your mouth. If you can't say nothing good about it, you are offended. Because see, some of you all are so offended, you can't even call your baby's daddy and wish him happy Father's Day. I ain't calling him. Well, y'all do have kids together. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Or uh, your spiritual clo- uh, pipes clogged. Now look at them again and say, I think they might be. <laughs> now go to 2 Corinthians 1 real quick as I, as I close. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to show you this principle that I just gave you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That God's will for your life is conceived in the heart and revealed by the Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter one verse twenty one says this: Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Verse, verse twenty two, who also has sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit. Where, class? Come on, class. In our where? In our hearts. So where is the Spirit of God living? In our hearts. And so guess what? If our hearts get offended, then we can't hear the Spirit of God when he's trying to tell us the will of God. Now go to 1 Corinthians. Since you're in Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So the Spirit in our hearts' job is to reveal the will of God for our life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ear ha- has er- heard, neither have entered into the what class? Into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them. In other words, God has, th- that love him. God has some things prepared for you and I. And they are much bigger that your, than your hands could ever do. But then it goes on to say, But God has revealed them, them what? Them things that he's prepared for us. I know that's bad English, but you got what I'm saying. He has revealed them things that he's prepared for us by uh, by his spirit. So the spirit of God's job is to reveal the things that God has for us. But if your heart is clogged up, you can't hear God. And there are some people in this room that are mad at some people right now you mad. You're steaming like broccoli. You smell like burnt popcorn. I smell you. <laughs> and I'm trying to help you see that your heart is the most important part of your life. And you can't let that in itself get clogged up. And guess what? We're in control of it. I didn't, I didn't have to let that man at Starbucks upset me. Let me tell you what I did to fix the devil. Because, see, I, I, I will not have that experience again. So you know what I did? I own my own Starbucks bottle of caramel. <laughs> I'm not lying. It's on my shelf in my pantry. So if I don't get enough caramel, I am not going to have another devil-level moment. I am going to go home and pour my own caramel in my own coffee. So why the heart? Because spiritual growth takes place in the heart and the enemy's job is to cause us to believe a lie. His job is to cause us to be offended. So go to Mark chapter 4 as we close. Go to Mark chapter 4. This is our last scripture. Are you getting anything out of the message this morning? Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4. People wonder how, um, see, uh, my wife and I, we didn't start living a blessed life when we started pastoring. We we were living a blessed life before that. And I think that was one of the things that helped solidify to people that when I'm teaching you works, because it was working before I started doing this. Because, see, I know some pastors who are not doing well. Amen. In Mark chapter 4, let me show you this principle. That spiritual growth takes place in the heart. Mark chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, The sower sowed the word. And these are they by the wayside, which where the word is sown. But when they have heard, heard what? The word, who comes immediately? Same comes immediately and takes away what the word that was sown where? Man, you gotta protect your heart when that word comes. That's why it's good to be here for worship so that God can help cleanse some things. So when the word comes, your heart is ready to receive it because when you listen, I'm going to show you your level of manifestation is determined by the condition of your heart. It goes on to say in verse 16, and these are they likewise, which also us. Uh, sown on stony ground who when they heard the word immediately they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so they endure for a while these are people to me this reminds me of inconsistent tithers and afterwards when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they are offended And then these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, watch this, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, enter in where? They enter in your heart and they choke the word and the word becomes unfruitful. But watch verse 20. These are they which are sown on what kind of ground, class? Good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. And watch this. They bring forth fruit or manifestation, some thirtyfold, some 60-fold, and some 100. So my heart controls the level of my manifestation. You want thirty-six and 100-fold in your life? Clean that heart up. And I'm going to give everybody an opportunity this morning to do that because as I finish this, you don't want to miss the series because I'm telling you, your manifestation level is going to go up as I finish this series. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, here's the question that I have. What is the spirit of